My name is Johnny, and I have never seen Tombstone. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And we are joined, as you heard up top, by Johnny, uh, who has never seen the movie Tombstone, the Western from 1993. Johnny, how are you doing this evening? Howdy. Oh, very appropriate. <laughs> very appropriate. Do you have your cowboy hat on? You got your spurs going? What, what's your, what's the get up for this Yeah, evening? no shoes allowed in the condo and okay. um, hat. Uh, not really actually wearing one right now, but yeah. Wait, the spurs are not attached to the boots? They're just wrapped around? Yeah, they're attached back. to my socks. Yeah, okay. correct. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Uh, Those are like heavy-duty winter socks. I really hold up your your, uh, your calves. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm sure the jangling of the spurs is driving your cat insane. So, um, Right. And make sure if you do jangle them while we're recording, just kind of keep them away from the mic, just so that way we don't get that feedback. That's of all. course, of course. But good. I'm <laughs> glad to hear uh, that you are in character and ready for this more modern western uh so before i want to obviously get to your thoughts johnny on westerns and kind of what you've seen or what you haven't seen and why maybe you haven't seen this one uh, before we do that i just want to clear up something from last week uh that i was very perplexed by uh, as you, if you listened to last week's episode we talked about the film labyrinth which i had never seen and uh my one mind-numbingly uh terrible takeaway was the riddle in which uh, one person lies and one person tells the truth going through the doors. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit back and forth about what that could mean. And uh, Bridget, you were kind of there with me in terms of how uh, crazy that riddle is. How, how brain breaking. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I did, I did my deep dive research. I looked at some fan theories. I, I looked at some of the things and uh, it seems none of what I had suspected was correct, where I thought maybe the person, they were both liars or anything like that. What I found that most people seem to subscribe to was that, she got the riddle right, but then she said, see, this is a piece of cake, which is the one thing that was said, I think, three or four times throughout the movie, where every time she said piece of cake or this is easy or something, I think piece of cake was the specific line. Uh, Jareth came in and changed the rules on her, flipped the script, uh, was like, oh, it's too easy for you. Boom. Here's less time. Here's the door being wrong. Here's the I think the bridge falling out from underneath you all because you said piece of cake. So I think that was the uh, the fan theory takeaway. I didn't see any hard confirmation of it, but uh, I believe that that does sound like a good a good enough uh, answer. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I did want to. I'll know. take it. All right. <laughs> I believe so you. Bring, yeah. Bring everybody up to speed because that was uh, that was a nerve wracking cliffhanger from last week's episode. <laughs> Um, so we'll jump right into this week's episode where, like we said, we're talking about Tombstone. Uh, it's from 1993. Uh, this is a Western film, which, uh, John, you are familiar with. That's why you're wearing the cowboy hat and spurs. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what your kind of history or familiarity uh, with the Western genre is? Sure. Um, I uh, And this is going to be, I guess, kind of not really embarrassing, but the fact that maybe one of the first Westerns I remember watching is Blazing Saddles with my father, which is like probably not the best example to go into with, which, again, it's it's. But it, it's it's true. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it honors it, you know, yeah, it honors it. 
Right. You have um, to know the beats to make fun of them. So it's in some ways, it's a good entry point. It's just right, right. taking it in somewhat backwards. <laughs> um, and then I guess after that, it's pretty quiet on the Western Front for a little while. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're just coming um, in with the, with the zingers. Just coming, I'm, I'm locked and loaded, yeah. You're all in um, on the theme. Right, right. Um, so it's not really until probably later on as an adult and getting into college and revisiting some of my classics, kind of getting into, okay, what really makes like really good film and some of the top 100 and this and that. And you sort of find out that you got some like the Sergio Leone uh, masterwork, which is like the Dollar Trilogy, which is kind of what made Clint Eastwood a, uh, put him on the map, which is like Spaghetti Western. Um, and then you have some of like the John Wayne ones, which... I remember watching actually, you know, what? I do remember watching the Cowboys when I was younger with my father, which is a John Wayne, like an older one in his career, which is like a more of like a nonviolent, more of like a kid's entry because he's sort of like he's like sheep herding with a bunch of kids or whatever. I don't really remember the plot too much, but I remember being pretty good. But I suppose what really sort of like stuck out to me is just like the simplicity of a lot of the stories. And they do have like the same lot of cruxes, if you will. Um, you know, you got the band-aids or you got like Indians involved. Sometimes there's like a train or some sort of locomotive or something. Um, you got like the sort of like standoffs in the town. You got the saloons. I mean, all that stuff is so interesting to me. And it's 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 a little disheartening to read about the fact that a lot of that stuff is really like fantasized. And not yeah. very like true to how exactly it was out there. I I know it was brutal and it was, um, and there is some truth to it, but a lot of it is very much just fiction and fictionalized sort of uh, exaggerant feelings or uh, thoughts about how things went down out there. You know, people, the, you know, the game telephone. You hear someone talk about one story, there's another, then it becomes a legend, then it becomes a myth, and da 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 da. Um, so a lot of those old Western stories kind of fell into that. I don't know what really attracts me to the the genre. Like I said, I like the simplicity of it, but um, I like like how grizzled and lived in the worlds are. I love how it's very much like a very um, tight um, like community sort of like ecosystem going on where it's not like a big expansive story. It's usually like one town or one area, um, and it's all the films are typically shot like incredibly well. Starting with sort of like the John Ford stuff in the in the uh the 50s and 60s um and i'm sorry to sound a little long-winded i've just i I actually been on ever since this sort of came it was tombstone i was like you know what i haven't been watching a lot of westerns as of late so over the past weeks i've watched high noon i watched the stagecoach which was excellent which is like a 1938 black and white john one of the first john ford westerns was was excellent um watched the uh the um outlaw josie wales with um uh eastwood but Again, I guess kind of wrapping this up a little bit, um, as far as like Tombstone and some of the more modern stuff, I'm not too familiar with some of that stuff. I know like Unforgiven, the only thing that I can think of as far as with Tombstone is that it's like this hot young cast, like MPV produced type of Western, and it maybe doesn't hold, doesn't have a lot of the same sort of um, genre tricks that it has, but it's all very Michael Bayish, if that makes any sense, where just it's adding too much clean and the guys are too clean looking. And I mean, maybe I'm just talking out of my ass here, but um, yeah, that's kind of where I land as far as Tombstone. I don't know really anything, but I know Val Kilmer's in it, maybe, maybe, yep, mm-hmm. um, he is. maybe the dude, maybe the dude from Mighty Ducks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but... Different movie, different. D- you're. Oh yeah, you're thinking of Young Guns. Yep. 
which is the right. okay. th- that's the brat pack uh still young hot cowboys kind of thing where yeah. it's not it's not the old grizzled west that you're probably more familiar with in terms of typical westerns uh, but i don't i think this one's probably closer to that than it is to a, a young guns uh, but you know yeah. still different because i mean the genre obviously is not what it was you know 50 60 years ago when it was in its heyday and obviously when uh, when italy was all about it in the rise of the spaghetti westerns and things like that it's not anywhere near where it was today but the newer ones don't have the same kind of feel to it i'm honestly more familiar with the newer stuff like i'm familiar with not really this. I think I saw it once and I don't really remember anything about it, but um, I really liked Unforgiven. You know, I've seen the the remake of True Grit and 310 to Yuma. Yep, yep. Um, and so some of those newer, I didn't see the new Magnificent Seven. I don't know why. It just didn't, it didn't speak to me is when that, it came is out. Is it a Denzel ago. flick? Uh, it's like Chris Pratt was in it. Um, I forget. There was like obviously seven people of somewhat, you know, magnificent. six other possibilities <laughs> could be Denzel. So, yeah, uh, I don't really remember, but yeah, so I'm, I'm probably more familiar with the newer, uh, Western. So we'll, we'll kind of run the gamut there a little bit. Although in terms of first Westerns for me, at least mine's also, I guess I'm going to say it cause it's technically a little unconventional like yours is Johnny, but I would say that my uh, first okay, Western yes. was, was probably, uh, back to the future three. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I mean, again, it hits all your tropes. It's got your duels. Yep. It's got trains. It it's got horses. It's got sheriffs. It's got, you know, everything that a Western should have. Granted, it's got time travel and all these other things, too. Um, so probably more unconventional than than Blazing Saddles was. Um, right. But since you do mention it, Wild Wild West, I do think, is a super dumb fun movie. I enjoy it, even though I know it's objectively terrible. Yeah, it's a complete piece of shit, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. But I think while we're talking about like modern westerns, I think what we're sort of talking about are westerns that are emulating westerns that were made back then, mm-hmm. but made now. But there's also like modern day westerns where you have like No Country for Old Men. You have uh, uh, Tyler Sheridan, who's been like a name coming up, where he's made movies like Hell or High Water. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he made another one with uh, Jeremy Renner, which I can't. It's coming off the top of my head. Um, where again, you're taking the sort of western elements, but maybe you're putting them somewhere else, like that Jeremy Renner one. I can't – it's like something creek or what have you, but it's like in Alaska. It's like it's snowy, but it's the same sort of oh, yeah, um, yeah. injustice yeah. to you know Native Americans and that oh, same sort yep. of um, – Tim and Elizabeth Olsen, I believe. Yep. Uh, uh, Wind, Wind River. Wind River. Wind River, yes. yeah. Yeah, very good. And then you know you have um, – again, as, as long as sort of like the, the themes are there, the sort of – you know, like the masculinity complex and, you know, uh, uh, social injustices and small town mm-hmm. gossip and murder and, you know, the sort of like grit that you just like don't see maybe like in a lot of movies. I mean, again, like that one Eastwood movie that I watched recently, uh, uh, the Outlaw Josie Wales, he's spitting tobacco on everything in that movie. He even spits <laughs> it on a dog at one point. And I'm like, for oh, God's no. sakes. Yeah, I know. So there's a little bit of an admiration to sort of like the dirty, dusty sort of movies of that. But I do think that maybe, uh, you know, like Wild Wild West, where, of course, you know, Will Smith is walking out of a trailer between each takes um, to make sure he looks like a million dollars does not really. It's not really like a true Western, obviously. I mean, we're, I don't think we're going to have that argument here. No. Um, I don't <laughs> think you'll come away from this comparing it. Be like, it's just like that scene in Wild Wild West where they were yeah. on the train. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have that kind of 
Jason X moment when we uh, when we see this. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you? What about you, Bridget? What's kind of your familiarity and history with the Western genre? Um. So this is this was one of my early introductions, and I was thinking, I'm like, what? What before this? Because like I had the same thing. Like I watched this movie with my father, Blazing Saddles. But then uh, Adam, as you said, um, Back to the Future. I'm like, oh wait, you know what my first western was? It was Five Goes West. Oh okay, like, that was you my introduction to the Honestly, western genre. You, right? you know, you may have just taken us all with your lasso over there, same. Bridget. <laughs> yeah, that would be my first one. Yeah, that right? might be my first one too. Um, um, and it's got Jimmy Stewart, even uh, Wyatt Burp, all of that. Um, and that's a movie I watched a lot when I was a kid, and probably wow, the same for you guys, just based off of the reaction. Time, holy crap! Yeah. I have yeah. not seen that since I was probably seventy years old, if I had to guess. And I've, it's funny you mentioned Fievel because I was thinking the other day when we were talking about Don Bluth movies with because uh, because I, I don't think he he did American Tale or no. He I, did. He did the first American Tale. He correct. Did, correct. Uh, before he goes west, he did not direct Five Goes West. He got, he's got five, five, five East. Five East. Five East. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, that was something I think I was going to ask. I don't think it maybe would have been something we would have thrown on the uh, the list right away. But if yeah. you had seen the sort of the American Tales or not, Tales. but mm-hmm. that's funny that we have at least seen him uh, out on the frontier. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so still unconventional first still first unconventional yeah regardless yeah. of which one you want to right. dial in and say is your first like there's still six shooters there's still yeah. you know yeah. still all of it dusty uh, towns <laughs> very dusty and you know i like like i really i love the coen brothers version of true grit like that's a movie i go back to pretty regularly i love it too. um i'm a a huge fan you know it's not film but like i love deadwood deadwood is like oh one of my i wanted favorite. to talk about this one too yeah yeah, yeah like oh it's fantastic but you know some of the older like as you're like talking about like sort of like john ford movies like i like that was never like I think when I was younger like I just didn't have the patience for them necessarily like they weren't for a, a kid's palate and then just it yeah. was never something I went back to as an adult John Wayne like just doesn't like that sort of thing like in some ways takes me out like it's hard for me to like stay focused um right but I don't know. Yeah, I I would say just give it like another shot because I think I was mm-hmm. the same way where I was just like, okay, it's gonna be the same story. It's gonna like I get it, but I don't know. Like I just like the past few, like the past couple of weeks, I've been watching. Like again, I watched like Stagecoach, like nineteen thirty eight. Like we're talking like really just everything's on a projector screen as far as like on carriages and shit like that. Or the stagecoach, and except for one awesome scene where it was like, holy shit! Like it looked like it was filmed like maybe 40 years ago and it was filmed almost a hundred years ago. It just, yeah, it's, it, I don't know what it is. It's, it's so unique. And it's got like the, obviously like the boxy black and white. And um, I don't know. There's something very charming and interesting about it. Cause I think what, what's great about Westerns and what's, which I think a lot of like, you know, older grandparents or dads or whatever end up falling into like the, the, the TMC, yeah. or the, uh, you know, Thursday night, Tuesday night movie is that you 
all even though it feels like the same, like that's half the reason why it works because you know what mm-hmm. you're getting into each night. Like it's it's like it just like it's like starting the like starting the fireplace, like starting a fire going. Like you know the fire is gonna look the same every night, but it's just so yeah. goddamn comforting. It just looks it just feels good. It's it's got like this glow to it. It just and even though you're gonna walk away with seeing the same thing every time, it just. I don't know. It does something to you. And I felt it like the Pascal. I'm excited for this one. I don't think it's going to do the same thing as some of the older ones that I've seen. I could be wrong. Like yeah. I usually am on this fucking podcast, but yeah. well, um, I mean, I have hope. Um, like this is a movie that I have a lot of affection for. I haven't seen it in a few years, but I I've seen it quite a few times. And like, you know, it has that feeling for me. Um, yeah. you know, probably not in the same way. It doesn't tick all the boxes, but it does have that sort of like, you know what the beats are going to be and you know, you know who the, the villains are, you know who the good guys are, you know, like, right. and some of that is a little different. I would say like some of like the sort of new Western, your, your hero, there's more of an edge, there's more murky sort of morality and this is definitely has sort of more of that traditional like here are heroes who are our villains, um, and there yeah is, this seems there's like, something to that in the in watching a movie. Yeah, this seems kind of like Hollywood's attempt to sort of grab like a different generation to like hey let's maybe like try one more even though I know Unforgiven came up before this. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, let's try and reach the young people and see if this is like something worth keep investing with. Otherwise, like fuck it, let's do like the next Star Wars or like let's do something else because it is a dying genre and it has been dying since the '60s. And it does actually watching all these old movies recently makes me enjoy Once Upon a Time in Hollywood more because the plot very much around that movie or at least a, a subplot of that is the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are you know actors in the middle of a an exchange between cowboys and like space operas you know what i mean the same way that you know you can even think about toy story the same way where like woody was once the cool dude the cool toy mm-hmm. and now it's like buzz lightyear so that's it's, it's a it's a very interesting parable and that's you know you know pixar's a genius for doing it that way but i think for this movie and again not doing too many assumptions but i think it it to me on the surface looks like an attempt to like one last digit attention like hey can we still make westerns profitable that if not then let's see what keanu reeves is doing and get him into a computer or something (laughs) give him a pill pill, yeah well i think too uh, this kind of i mean it's the early 90s so it's kind of the very early inklings of it but i think where in the 70s you had the sci-fi stuff take over from the westerns and maybe somewhat western revivals not long a little bit before this you have things like batman and then going into the 2000s you have a lot of other superhero movies with like one after the other and i think this kind of took that place of the western while keeping a lot of those same kind of western elements because you know who the good guys are you know who the bad guys are the plots are very familiar you know you know there's going to be a couple of good confrontational scenes or you know kind of shootouts or standoffs or kind of things where you know you're going to get those every time so when you were talking about that like our parents or grandparents generation of turner classic movies tuesday night you throw it on you just want to see a good duel and some you know some good horse you know horse riding or whatever i feel like (laughs) superhero movies are kind of where that where that kind of idea took off from where you know we could argue i'm sure the merits of both genres till we're blue in the face uh, but i feel like that kind of safety net of just like it's just fun like it's just a good fun kind of thing uh, really 
you know, they, they kind of go together a lot. So I think this is probably, you know, I don't think we're ever going to see a revival of Westerns like we did, you know, back back in the day. But I do think that kind of the the tropes, so to speak, and the, the kind of feeling of Westerns is yeah. prevalent in other things uh, to the point of even like uh, the movie Logan that came out a few years ago was very Western kind of themed to the point where they were even showing Shane on TVs in the movie because yeah. it was it was so similar. So I think, you know, the ideas of Western still permeate, but just they take on a different skin almost. Right. And there's a there's, yeah. there's a lot of Western elements in Star Wars movies. I think even mm-hmm. Lucas pitched it to uh, 20th Century Fox that it's a Western in space or whatever. It's a samurai um, space Western is basically what. Sure. Yeah. You could land like sure. <laughs> Yeah, um, and again, I think and I don't want to get too much into Deadwood, but I I like Deadwood. I looked, I love Deadwood because it subverted a lot of those expectations because it wasn't duels every weekend. There wasn't like gunfights every weekend. It was more poetic, and not only that, but like the, the language they used was very against what the way they talked back then. But it worked for some crazy re- reason, and there's a million theses and why it did. Um, and a lot of people are really disappointed that, um, you know, unfortunately it did end. I, I don't know, Bridget, did you watch the movie? I, didn't, I never got around to watching it. I, I did. I did. Okay. Um, the movie sort of puts, I would say, without spoiling anything, puts a bow on it. And it's the one sort of failure of the movie, um, without trying to give away too much, is it feels a little bit like one or two seasons of the show compressed into two hours. Right. Um, but the the showrunner and I can't remember his name right now has been you know battling dementia for a David few years something. now. The David something. David Milch, I think. Or David Milch, yeah. So like as that became a, like they've talked off and on about like bringing the show back and doing a full run. Yeah. Um, but I think with that sort of hanging over of like we just want to be able to like sort of do justice to all yeah. of our our friends that we've made along the way in the town of Deadwood. And, and one so. thing just what, what interesting thing that I love about Westerns and even like Deadwood and even some of the newer ones is that these studios build these lavish Western sets and they don't strike them when the movie's done. Like they reuse them in really interesting ways and they look really familiar, but they don't like Deadwood was used like for Django, I think, or mm-hmm. some other like a uh, movie uh, like open range or whatever it was. Uh, I mean, and you know, that universal back lot, which, I think they did use like with the uh, Back to the Future three. They used that for like several other westerns. That's why it just looks so like I recognize that like Bell or I recognize. I mean, obviously the the, the whole town hall we recognize because the, the through line of uh, Back to the Future, but um, like so many other interesting uh, storefronts or saloons or whatever. Yeah, again, I think it's just a familiarity with uh, going back to the westerns, like the setting and the characters and everything that just make it like such a. I don't know. It's almost romantic. <laughs> nice. Cool. I mean, so any other, did you guys have any other thoughts or anything else that you want to get, get to before we go, uh, saddle up here? I'm ready to giddy up. Yeah, I think I'm ready to go. All right. Well, take it away, Johnny. Fine. I will watch it. <laughs> Okay, we are back. We have just finished watching uh, the Western 1993 film starring Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer, 
Tombstone. Uh, Johnny, you were the uh, the one riding front in the saddle there. So uh, why don't you tell us uh, how you're feeling after just watching uh, this modern take on the Western? Um, I don't know if I liked it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair. Yeah. Um, I uh, I will say right from the get go, the one thing that jumped out to me right away was when the cowboys are riding up to the uh, the Mexican plantation or I don't know whatever it is the, the Mexican, Mexican wedding Mexican wedding whatever it is yeah um that there is a close up of the guy's chaps or boots yeah. and it's embroidered <laughs> with playing cards and i'm like okay because i don't know if that fits whatsoever into anything that's going on because i don't think anyone back then had embroidered playing cards on i think they chaps. were yeah i think they were aces i assumed they were the boots uh, but i wrote the same thing down where i was like that stands out but i mean in terms of the things that don't seem true to the times i feel like that's the only thing yeah, I, uh, I mean, there's a few things, and we'll 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 kind of get into it, because um, I I had a hard time trying to grasp exactly. I know they said 1879, I think, in the beginning of it. So, yeah. um, and I've been watching a lot of westerns where I think they're more like 1850s, so more like very stripped down, uh, you know, getting things sort of settled, if you will. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of conversations in front of Greek murals and lounges. And so I just I, I was kind of taken out of that a little bit because it just seemed a little more extravagant and opulent for what I expected to be in a, you know, Midwest saloon or whatever. But if that's what it was, then maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, I think they covered it a little bit in that like little backstory film montage at the beginning where they were basically saying that like people were trading in their French, you know, whatever is for the rustic life in, in, in order to try to strike it rich or to keep keep getting richer. Right, right, whatever. right. And, and, and I, you know, I, I understand why <laughs> I understand why they did that in the uh, the beginning. I, I had a problem with that first exposition piece because it felt very exposition heavy that like we needed to understand how the west worked mm-hmm. and then they sort of jumped into some of the stuff that didn't matter you know like the uh the the erp family and what was happening with them but like the first half of it felt like hey if you've never watched a western before this is how it works there's horses and there's guys that ride on them and there's boots <laughs> and there's guns and it's dusty so i right off the bat i was like do we fucking need this at all do we need this at all like i no it's like we've seen fievel we've seen we've Fievel seen goes we west. know how this works we, right yeah, fievel is 91 i believe we've yeah. seen it at this we've, point we've seen it okay um, we know yeah <laughs> Uh, and that narrator, by the way, is Robert Mitchum. Um, okay. And it feels like it was just an excuse to, like, have Robert Mitchum, like, do some narration in some respects. Like, because you could even just meet, like, the Earp brothers, like, at the train station or whatever. And, you know, it you've kind of laid out. Yeah, like, I don't think you needed that. That's sort of what, yeah. I felt like you needed something because I, I I actually found it kind of reassuring at the beginning because like I don't know the story of Wyatt Earp 
or his brothers mm-hmm. or anything like that. So it was nice to give a little bit of something. I don't know if it was necessarily done in the right way with that. Yeah. Right, right. Weird, the execution was a little off. Yeah, the weird, almost Ken Burnsy like. Uh, I film. literally, I wrote down, "What is this Ken Burns shit?" Yeah. Like to the point that I had to look. I'm like, where were, where are we in Ken Burns' filmography as this is coming <laughs> out? Like, had the West come out yet? And it had not. But yeah, so it, maybe he saw this and was like, "Ooh, I, I got an idea." It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't necessarily think it was done correctly, but I did appreciate it because I didn't. Otherwise, they would have just dropped me into this, and I would have been like, "Wait, who is this? Am I supposed to know?" Because most of that beginning is also, in addition to explaining you what westerns are, it's also explaining like, or not explaining, but it's just alluding to Wyatt Earp and what he did before this. And I was like, "Am I supposed to know this?" Go like, was there an assignment that we were supposed to do before the first day of class where I just didn't do the reading? <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why Earp, I felt so behind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I felt they 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 could have elegantly put it in through the plot line, like through yeah. dialogue or whatever, sort of introduce the characters uh, without having to do that. Hey, we're you know we're we're the brothers, and we've been doing this, and White Earp is retired, and he hasn't been doing this, and but I will say, in, right off the bat, when that whole uh, thing happened with the Mexican wedding. I felt it was so chaotic and bombastic in the beginning. And I was like, Oh my God, like I'm going to fucking hate this movie. <laughs> um, well, you didn't uh, like how bombastic it was. I did. Yeah, I, I did. And, 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 and that's going to be a, uh, a running thing, thing for me that like, that I didn't like about this movie, how, how uh, bombastic it was. Well, too but, Westworld for you, not enough Western. Is that basically the kind of um, I'm getting? Well, and it's funny that we did, I, I was thinking about that when we were watching it, that we didn't mention Westworld before going into this, but we'll touch on it. Okay. Um, but I was taken aback with the cast. I was very, very impressed with the cast here. Mm-hmm. Stacked. Um, yeah. It's stacked. And, and not so much impressed with, with, with how they – I, they all did fine, but I was impressed with like how many times I was like, holy shit, holy shit. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Like there's just so many people in this. So I'm sorry that I just went in with Val Kilmer and the guy from Mighty Ducks. Cause the guy from Mighty Ducks is in this movie. Nope. It's a different, um, it's a different no, one. We'll get to that different, one. Maybe. Different movie altogether. But I was very, very impressed with the cast from the beginning. But yeah, I, what happened with me watching this was I began to realize that it just it it was a movie provided for people that, again, like I think I was touching on this before, that maybe have never watched a Western before. And it just it felt like such a busy movie for me, at least cast wise, even though I loved the fact that I saw everyone in this movie. Did every single one of these people have to be in this movie? I don't think so. Like, I don't. Yeah, I mean, but I I don't know what their necessarily all of their careers were at 1993, but I feel like some of them you may have seen them more recently, and that's why it almost seems like overload. Whereas they could and, have and, been and, 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 and I and I will and I will give some forgiveness for that a hundred percent. And I and I enjoyed a lot of the younger faces that I saw, and I enjoyed seeing a fat Billy Bob Thornton, which was <laughs> was ridiculous. Yeah, I had to look it up on I, IMDb like three times. Bridget, I, like, I almost I, Bridget, I almost thought he was. Um, I was I, I wrote down originally that he was. Oh, the 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 uh, 
um, Swergen's second hand is in this movie, and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. That's not... I, he that, does look like Because he looks Sandori. like him, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, like, with a with a few extra pounds on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had to almost do a double take, like, like <laughs> Amazon, you're wrong. That's not Billy Bob Thornton. That's some, <laughs> some other, like... Yeah, fix the algorithm. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I... So, okay, so... I think a lot, everything looked good to me. Everything like, like technically looked pretty good to me. Uh, cinematography wise, everything they're, they're going for, they're going for how a Western should look. I thought the with sunsets a, and sunrises were particularly right, good right. example with, of that. With a big fat butt, they don't linger on shots long enough. They don't, it doesn't, the movie doesn't have the maturity to settle on shots and have the patience and the elegance of scenes and moments. It's, it's, it's very, like I said, bombastic and quick and it doesn't, it, it doesn't try. It, it revels too much in, in, in all the, let's get to a gunfight. Let's get to, let's get to an, a gnarly, a confrontation. Let's get to this opposed to just like quiet, intimate moments. And there are some for a minute. I'm like, okay, we're going here. We're going there. And boom, boom, boom! Someone's getting fucking shot to death. It's more a blockbuster in that regard it, it, than it is. Yeah, a... yeah. It's it's very it's very Hollywood. It's very mainstream. Um, I mean, it's not as mainstream as say like a Wild Wild West, like we were yeah. saying, talking about yeah. earlier. But it doesn't it it doesn't understand. It's it's it, it seems like an immature western to me. It doesn't have the maturity of a of a, of a good western. But it does have all the good production values, and it has the town. The town looks the part. It looks good. You know, it it does a lot of you know small moments where actors are jumping off of horses and tie tying onto the post. They're doing things. You know what I mean? But yeah, once they get to the town, it's kind of like the the Ur, the the Ur brothers just sort of fucking take over the place. And I'm not even really sure how they sort of do that outside of the fact that they have some sort of uh air about them that they are so popular in some other part of the world i i if you can chime in a little bit on help well, me they figure just, out they they basically go in they start setting up businesses like they take over that table and they start like through like they start making money by gambling and opening up other businesses and so in the in the real life, like leading up to the the shooting at the OK Corral, like that's part of the tension. You know, the movie sets it up as like the cowboys are like. Lawman, fuck 12, like it's very much just like they're afraid of them because they're associated with the law, which partly plays into it. Uh, but some of the tension really came from the fact that they had all these business ties and they were sort of. The law was favoring businesses in town versus like these um, ranchers and sort of the associates of the cowboys. So it's a like you see a little bit of that, but yeah, the movie's not doing. We needed more Ken Burns. I needed more Robert <laughs> Mitchum maybe to be like, this is how it's working. Like this is what they're doing. Yeah, I think a lot of it was the the mystique that brought in because you know when he first gets to town and starts meeting everybody, it's a lot of like, wait, why why it hurt? Is that oh my god? I've heard I've heard tale of you 
or him saying like, oh yeah, the name is like Wyatt Earp, and the bartender I think is like, yeah, okay, sure, you're Wyatt Earp, everybody's Wyatt Earp, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, so I think that they bring in that kind of mystique from whatever their backstory was prior to the events of this film, yeah. and then I think they start to kind of stamp down that mystique a little bit harder when you see things like him going up to, um, I believe it was Clint, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character where he's just like, do it, go ahead, like pull out the gun, like do, you know, be a big tough guy and kind of just basically like bitching everybody out, so to speak. Yeah. So I think then people start to be a little scared of them, a little bit, you know, fearful, but respectful because they know he's a lawman. He doesn't take no guff. And so that kind of helps he them. Say? Skin that smoke wagon. Yes, yeah, skin that smoke <laughs> wagon. I did enjoy that line a lot. I also like the, what are you going to do? Just you do something? You're just going to stand there and bleed. Uh, so like his little speeches and, and stuff, I think kind of set the stage for the mystique that they have as they kind of run roughshod through the town. And then him being a dealer in a casino and getting, you know, was a 20% stake or whatever that obviously is going to up their money a ton. Mm -hmm. I think the very first thing they, he started collecting what looked like deeds to things. Yeah. So I feel like mining town. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he was, like... he was getting mining, like, like you have the deed to mine in this section of mm -hmm. the West. So that's yours. So he was just collecting mining deeds, which then allowed him to mine for silver, sell the silver, you know, continually just kind of build up on his business things. It was a very like mafia like move almost where they just like went in there and just started powered by numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of where that takeover comes from. But again, you just kind of have to like piece that together. It's not necessarily a thing that the film says is important to know. You just kind of have to like think about it after the fact, which doesn't necessarily make it a good thing. Like It doesn't, it's not important that they're, becoming these tycoons of of tombstone and that's just kind of like a side thing to hey these cowboys are bad so it doesn't it doesn't emphasize enough of the things that are going on in the movie to justify them being a focus at all right 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 yeah i so again the cast is 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 very very good i i would say val kilmer is a standout for me um, yeah he, he, he's my favorite He's my favorite. He delivers some of the best lines, and I'm not going to get to him right away. I have a, yeah. a, a few of them, but I was excited to see even sort of like Billy Zane show up. I, I, I enjoyed seeing Stephen Lang in this. Um, again, I don't have too much familiarity with him outside of some of the newer stuff like Avatar, but he did remind me of a young Timothy Oliphant, which was like a Deadwood character. Um, he looked very much like him and he, again, he didn't have a lot of screen time, but it was awesome seeing him that Thomas Hayden Church is in this. Mm -hmm. That was very cool to see him in this. It, I, I was very surprised how stacked this catch, this cast was, but I think it hurt. And again, it, it hurts. It hurts someone from seeing it now opposed maybe then, because back then you would have been like. Who the hell is Thomas Hayden? Who the hell is mm -hmm. Billy Zane? Who the hell is Stephen Zane? Uh, you know, Stephen Lang. That it, the movie again, like I said, it's it feels so busy with this character. They try to give so many different. Yeah, like, they're I, not... like, I, I like I think I think the movie would have been so much better if um, Kurt Russell rode into town without his brothers and tried to 
fix the problem, what was going on, because that's what a lot of good Westerns are. It's like one man against like the world essentially. And somehow yes. he's, he's sometimes he doesn't succeed and sometimes he does. And sometimes he dies trying, but with this, it's like it's 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 like it's like a commit it's like a, uh, like a like a like a running committee in a football. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like there's too many people to sort of peg who's the MVP and all of it. And I didn't come away thinking Kurt Russell was amazing or I like Bill Paxton. I I actually know I love Bill Paxton and he has. He's a great character in a lot of movies. A great, and he's always been a great supporting character. I don't think he's ever been a main character in any movie that I've seen, unless you guys can wrong me on that. Twister. Mm. Uh, okay, okay. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, he's I'll, the... I'll, I'll give you Twister and R.I.P. Like that guy should have. He could have done so much more. But um, yeah, and then even uh, and then I will say, but since we're talking about um we were before deadwood is uh powers booth the uh yeah he was scary uh curly bill yeah yeah curly but bill. but the in uh right but in bridget he was one of the uh the the salute one of the the, yeah, the other saloon runners yeah 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 yep. right he's 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 always good and obviously sam elliott is excellent in everything oh, he does dude, he, any... just, he just he just brings it every time say less um <laughs> yeah but I like, mean, his, like... his facial features when he's first, like, when they're playing billiards for the first time, and Kurt Russell's like, well, we gotta keep doing what we're doing, and you can tell that he's contemplating, like, going mm-hmm. and becoming a sheriff, and he's just sitting quietly in the corner, and just going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and just, like, moving <laughs> like, that yeah, mustache. All you need to see is his mustache move a little bit, and he know he's, he's signaling something to someone. Yeah. Um, so but that, Those were the standouts for him, for me, at least, Yeah. were those moments there. But, but but to my point, I mean, even even Sam Elliott could have rode into town and could have like owned this movie against the Cowboys, opposed to having three brothers with him. I just, I again, I, I for me you... it, for for me it was busy. It, for me it was busy, but I enjoyed seeing all those characters in it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. The so again the the setting was very was was beautiful the cinematography was great I I, I even it's, the uh, the score itself was actually pretty good very western at times it felt like John Williams esque I've at least heard some sort of at least some motifs that maybe he I don't know who wrote the, who composed it but yeah it just it felt so Hollywood to me it it felt so blockbuster western to me opposed to let's make a nice good drama like a well-written uh you know western yeah. um i don't know the... like, I, I, bridget actually I, I i'm really curious to hear from you actually i want to hear what's made you think that this has been a uh, not a uh, whatever I, I don't know how you consider this movie really a great movie a great western a great movie but i want to hear what you have to say um, this is just a movie that I was like, this is just like a fun movie I remember from when I was young. And like the parts I really remember are like the Val Kilmer elements in particular. I remember really like being drawn to as a as a kid, which I think is understandable. There's definitely parts I didn't remember, like the Ken Burns part. And it's, you know, it's choppy. It's long. Like, I think. Part of there's two theories I have for why this movie 
fails in some respects. One is, I think, whoever was writing it, and I was like just looking for like who the screenwriter was. I can't find it on Wikipedia. Was so enamored with like really like digging into like this is the going to be the definitive version of the OK Corral shootout. We're going to have everybody. We're going to have all the like everybody who was there, but we're also going to have his first wife, and then we're going to have his second wife. And we're going to have this guy, you know what I mean? Like, in some ways, I was going in feeling, like, prepared to kind of, like, dig into, like, this isn't historically accurate. This person's actually an amalgamation. Um, But in some ways, this movie is sort of evidence of, like, why it's sometimes a good idea to kind of do that, to take some historical liberties to, like, really kind of strengthen the narrative. I think you still need the three brothers. Like, I think that's a key element. But, like, I there's a character who I would eliminate entirely um, mm-hmm. from the Same. narrative, but we'll get into that as they appear. Um, the other thing that I think makes this made the sort of production of this movie challenging is so the, the credited director is the guy who does Rambo first blood, makes but sense. it's understood like Val Kilmer's talked about this and Kurt Russell has taken credit for it is that Kurt Russell essentially directed this movie, like kind of stepped in. They had a huh. guy named Kevin uh, jar or Jerry who like a month in, they were like, thanks. Thank you for your time. And they, they brought he's, Rambo first blood guy in. He's the one that blood. wrote it by the way, that Kevin jar. Jerry. Oh, okay. He's the writer. Okay. And so Kurt Russell is kind of like steering things. And I think it just, you know, whether it's whose hands did what, like that always creates an issue of like, what's the most important things that we need to like focus on and like really like make an important part of the narrative. Like this movie is sometimes a collection of like, it would be cool if we did this. Like it would be cool if we showed like, an 1880s Western theater. It would be cool if mm. there was a strong lady. Yeah, it they definitely cool. had a a a board up where in the story room where they sort of said, okay, what worked in every single Western leading up to this, and let's add that into this. Whether it's the theater part, the bar part, the the gambling part, the parlor part, the smacking the bartender, the I mean, I mean, all of it. It was all in there. Um, it <laughs> yeah to the point it, that it's not this movie also it struggles with a a satisfying ending mm-hmm. it has it suffers a bit from yeah a bit compl- of return of the king syndrome but whereas all of the return of the king endings have like a very satisfying payoff i would argue that none of these mm-hmm. endings yeah, but like, really and we'll get to well. the ending. But the endings get sloppy for me. Like they get very, <laughs> very, like, very sloppy. The ending is when your your essay is due at midnight, and Bas- it's eleven forty five, <laughs> and you have just started the conclusion. It's a hundred percent. So yeah, no, it, that's it, that's it, my take. Uh, no, but- so. I love this movie a little less having rewatched it with more mature eyes, but there are still parts of it that I'm like. And you oh, make some I good really points about, it. you know, it in in terms of the actual story that you have the the brothers involved. So you have 
you know, you have different uh, ideologies and different opinions coming into, hey, should we do this? Should we take, should we, mm-hmm. should we all be pinned with the star? Should we all do this? Should we, you know, you got Val Kilmer who is, you know, like basically dying of, what is it, tuberculosis or whatever the hell he's yeah. dying with. That, in that respect, the story works. But the fact that I even think then, the, st- the people who are were casted then, I think are, are well known. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not like nobodies. I think I got distracted with the fact that they just they're so well known, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to not blind myself with that. It's it's from here knowing that all these people went on to do something a lot bigger or better. When I wonder too if because you've been watching a lot of older westerns now, and all of those faces are so wholly unfamiliar, just because they would have only done westerns and they wouldn't have necessarily been people that went on to be in a lot of other movies that you've seen. I feel like that's probably also kind of playing with your perception a little bit because you were you were seeing those actors as those characters. And that was probably something that was really like engrossing for you in that moment. And then you come here and you've got like Hollywood hotshot after Hollywood hotshot almost. And that like I can see how that would also take you out of it a little bit. Um, So I'm wondering if maybe you hadn't seen a bunch of Westerns, if that could also play with your perception of it. Um, Because like I didn't feel that way. I was just like, it's cool that they're here. But at no point was I like, I wish that they weren't. And I wish I didn't know who those were. So I'm wondering how much that may play into it as well. Yeah, I mean, I a lot of the westerns I've been watching again are it's it's like a star cowboy star uh, sheriff star whatever. You have mm-hmm. the protagonist, you have possibly an antagonist that's of of some significance as far as who you know. Um, so yeah, it's it definitely goes against the grain as far as you know being someone someone being the ultimate hero in the room you know what i mean there's a lot of with this movie there's a lot of heroes in one room um and they all have different ideologies how how to sort of tackle a situation mm-hmm. so again to my to to my argument yeah. it, it it's very it's very busy it's very chaotic and i wouldn't even argue it's not even there's a i think the bigger problem is there's a lot of heroes in the room and their ideologies are not clear enough like right. you get a little bit, you get a little bit where like Irving is like furrowing his brow and twitching his mm-hmm. mustache, and you know he's gonna go get the star. Um, but you know Morgan does not have like much of an arc really. Like you don't get a sense. He he's just like I'm in the little brother supporting role. You know what I mean? Like, and Doc Holliday's is this sort of very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Nietzschean like outlook on the world but it's not you know it's you don't see it come into conflict much between the four of them except for like when it's you know a sort of climactic moment what Um, what what i what i feel like i was watching was a really good pilot to like a good western series where you can sort of like open up and envelop and and deep dig deep into a lot of these different characters mm -hmm. like so you set up these different parts but it just it it feels so compact and so busy so that's again and and a lot of the westerns like i like i said i was talking about earlier is that you don't have those big and i and i've seen like you know like the wild bunch and some other movies where you have other characters but even in then you have someone who's leading the pact and you have sort of like the minor characters who sort of just jump in with the quick line or here and there they don't have but here they try to introduce too many sort of 
hey, this guy has something else really like deep to actually like, say about the story. Mm-hmm. And then they just they try to like quickly wrap it up or write it off or Yeah. I mean, I still feel like they did a good enough job establishing Kurt Russell as the main. Oh, even... Kurt, they definitely did the Kurt Russell job good, but everyone else is is tough. And, and Val Kilmer's fine, but ever, like the Sam Elliott character, I would love to know a little more about him. Um, I mean, for me, I was really sad that um, that Doc was dying the whole movie because his lines and his scenes were some of my favorite to the point where, like, I would have loved to have watched a 1994 or 95, like, side story about, uh, you know, Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday before he, the, the events of getting to Tombstone, Arizona and all the stuff he would have done beforehand because he was just he was killing it in every in every scene. Oh, yeah. But I guess uh, I don't know, Adam, for like for you, I mean, is as far as you've seen some other Westerns, how does this sort of maybe stack up for you? I mean, is this is does this I know you're a big Western guy, but I mean, does this movie do any justice for you? Does it does it do something for you? I mean, I liked it. I think okay. it but I like it in the sense that it is uh popcorny, you know. Okay. I, yeah. I, I'm not a big Western fan, so I don't I don't have kind of the attachment to the source material, if you will, where I can take myself a step back from other westerns and just be like this is fun like this is just a fun throw popcorn in your face and enjoy it kind of thing to the point where some of the things that you've already kind of mentioned is not liking the over-the-top violence of you know the 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 couple of montages that we get of just them running rough shot um i kind of enjoyed those because i was like oh this is just a cool little fun thing to to coincide with all these other moments of the family drama and the revenge story so i mean it's definitely got some things which uh, i know we'll touch on that i that i don't appreciate and to bridget's point earlier i do think that it is um longer than it needs to be and cutting one character out which i think i know which character because we kind of her and i kind of touched on it before you got on the call if you take that character out you trim down this movie to a really lean uh, pace and I think it would work better for it. Granted, it wouldn't be accurate necessarily to the real story, uh, but in terms of a movie, I don't think you could you could cut that part of this out because I don't think if it did have a bearing on the real story, I don't think that it it had any bearing on the movie, and therefore you could have it could have just been a side story that people know about but wasn't impactful to the movie whatsoever. All right, well, don't keep me and the viewers on edge. Who are we talking about here? So, Bridget, go ahead. We are talking about the character Josephine, the mm-hmm. actress who Wyatt falls in love with at first sight and rides her horny horse next to and, <laughs> you know... <sighs> Tries to dance with. Uh, smiles during the performance. Performance the is the devil. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the whole scene with them going up into the mountain. The yeah, to comfort him, you mm-hmm. know, and she she is based on a real character. Like he was married to someone else, common law. Like at the events of OK Corral, she was a real person. She was there, um, and they stayed married. Like all of the, we'll get to the epilogue ending, uh, is factual but just i don't need her there no she doesn't and she doesn't impact the story in any way 
all we really get is these kind of asides from the wife of like, you're moving out of my man and I don't appreciate it. And a lot of smiling back and forth. And at <laughs> no point do I ever believe what's going on. Cause it doesn't, they're, they're acquaintances at best. And I got confused at the beginning because the way they were staring at each other, I was like, oh, okay, I've just met 14 other characters that all know Wyatt from the past. Here's another one. Oh, wait, no, she's just a complete stranger. And I'm going to pretend like I don't see her and I'm an oak tree and I'm not even going to smile at her. I'm just going to ignore her when she comes over to me because I'm stoic. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy <laughs> yeah. any of it. It's, yeah, and it's just like, I don't mean to be like, ugh. There's an element of me that's like, you know, she was, she did have an interesting life of her own, and I would be interested to watch a miniseries or read a book about her and sort of her, like, viewing OK Corral, like, through her lens. Um, but the movie is set up, it is not from, it, it just, like, it, it, it slows things down and is not pushing any of the dramatic tension forward in some ways it like like makes it worse because you're like not you again mm-hmm. get <laughs> out of here I, yeah no so one wants to what, see you what like, is the- you could just i like they could have eyes he could like she could be this far off like thing that he's tempted by and like mm-hmm. even if you wanted to have him get the girl at the end like he like they kill the cowboys and like he goes and gets there and is like, let's go to the Rockies. Fine. Right. So but what it, what is the deal with uh his wife? In reality, again, from my brief Wikipedia scrolling mm-hmm. prior to this, she, you know, she had possibly even like been a madam at one point. Um, you know, they were she and Earp had never been officially married. Like in the movie, she's sort of like she's blonde, pristine, but she's got this secret drug addiction. But she, like in reality, probably had more of an edge. And they decide to mutually separate so she can run off with another gambler and does end up dying um, from complications from a drug addiction. But this movie is not like again. She could really, in some ways, she is in a that character is worse than the Josephine character because like. She could just be dead from the beginning and it would change nothing. Mm-hmm. So, Bridget, if you want to just enlighten us, if if you can. So, mm-hmm. does does the White Earp character actually exist in real life? Does this all this stuff actually exist in real life? What is true? What is not? Let um, us sort of... So, for the most part, like, the events of the movie like are all true so they're like the shooting at or the shootout at OK Corral which is like the big you know shootout that really prompts like an out out and out war between the cowboys and the Earp brothers that was a real thing that actually happened and because it there's a couple things like it's a really well-known shootout one because it was very big but also because it sort of happens at the tail end of like what you would consider like the traditional Wild West period in American history. And Wyatt Earp lives into the 1920s. It does become friends with like he is around enough to kind of spin his own narrative about himself. So some of like the details of like who shot first and who did this and what was motivating it, like which the movie doesn't necessarily get into, are still very much debated today 
but actually the movie is fairly accurate in terms of like the plot that's occurring the biggest thing that i came across of like that they changed was that like virgil the sam elliott character um at the time the family comes to tombstone was already a marshal was already a lawman so he was like this sort of like fake tension about will they or won't they like do the right thing like and decide to to uh meet out justice is fabricated for the movie and i don't believe the i'd have to look into her i'm not sure that val kilmer's girlfriend lady character um was a real person but other than that it's fairly accurate gotcha i don't know if that is what you were looking for no yeah that i mean again i just wanted some sort of historical context to it because Mm -hmm. i mean Wyatt Earp is something that is to yeah, most it, people some sort of like a recognizable name, at least as someone yeah. who's sort of mm-hmm. uh, and I think but like a, yeah, people might go like you know put Wyatt Earp and Rooster Cogburn like in the same category because you they're both spoken of in the same way and you don't right. like necessarily have the context of like one one is a, one is a fictional character and you know it is it exists. Wyatt Earp and the Earp brothers exist in this really kind of weird, like romanticized in some ways and idealized and Hollywoodized like period of American history. So right. One of the other things that is kind of not necessarily historically accurate is that they kind of play it off, especially uh, Doc Holliday, that he is this like he's good to the core almost that he's, he's willing to fight on the side of the law. And they, they make allusions to the fact that he's a little bit hypocritical when it comes to putting on the badge and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was a little bit as were the, the herbs, they were also pimps. They were also saloon owners. They were, you know, they were kind of had their, they're very much like the County Sheriff in this, where they've kind of got their hands in a lot of different pockets where he's the County Sheriff, the tax collector, the something else. So like, the Earps were very much like that, where they had their hands in a lot of different businesses that mm-hmm. you would think would conflict with one another. Cause you know, especially when you think about it nowadays, you can't be both a pimp and the town sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the one part of the movie that sort of touches on this is like um, the scene where, and I forget the character's name, but he is pissed at Doc Holliday, who's won 12 hands in a row. And like, you know, I think they're not explicit, but I think it's you're meant to understand as the viewer, like Doc Holliday is absolutely cheating mm-hmm. and he's being flagrant about it. Um, and the brothers sort of stand by him. Yeah, because they're um, friends and they're the dealers and, right. yeah, and it's their casino. Their mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I liked that character a lot uh, to the point where I was really sad that he didn't get violently, violently murdered. The Clanton character, the one who. Yeah. Kind of sets off the uh, the rivalry and stuff. Uh, every time he was on, I was like, he's such a sniveling little coward. Like, I just want him to get his. Uh, it was very sad that they were like, oh, yeah, he died later off screen. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing about the uh, the villains is that they weren't too they weren't well defined as far as who you really wanted to fucking die. Like <laughs> who you really wanted to absolutely just get crushed by a horse or something. You know what I mean? Like I. I feel like the I feel like the the curly character, the one who shoots the 
the sheriff while he's high on opium. You want him to to die. Oh, yeah, I mean, he was the ringleader at the Mexico. There's little thing. reliefs uh-huh. here and there, but there's not like a big relief or a big like. Like I, I didn't feel like any threat from the Cowboys really whatsoever. It was just like they showed up. Like we knew they were, they we knew they were coming. Yeah, I just, I didn't feel a big enough threat considering all maybe because all the star power and all the all the uh the angst and all the uh the power to sort of get rid of these people didn't really i don't know it just it didn't really it didn't, it, it didn't come through in the end for me yeah they they try to ratchet up the tension but it just doesn't yeah stick, for, for how much tension like. they build up for these for these guys like there's a storm coming. These guys are coming. They're going to fucking kill everyone. They, they hide your kids. Hide your wife. Yeah. It's like, and all of a sudden, like, we're we're out in a river and, you know, uh, Wyatt Earp is somehow dodging bullets. Just, I didn't want to get to that part of the river because I fucking hated it. But, um, oh, yeah. I hated that river confrontation so much. Oh, because it was because it was the slow walk. While it was being the shot slow walk. And it was just like, come on, just shoot him. Even though I'm rooting for him, shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I some of the parts I thought were the best in terms of the tension. I did really like the the tension right before the gunfight at the OK Corral, where mm-hmm. everyone's just kind of they're posed in that exact way where they're ready to you know grab at a moment's notice, but they're also protecting like their vital organs. Where if you're going to shoot me, you're going to hit my shoulder or my arm. Um, we're looking at eyes in those moments. I really liked that setup. Um, for the tension and one that didn't end up being anything. And actually was a, probably one of my favorite scenes in terms of how it ended was the tension between both doc and Johnny Ringo in the bar where Ringo starts spinning the gun and everyone yeah. thinks it's this like fun little game. And I'm like, okay, is he going to like shoot somebody here? Cause this is, I, I'm actually believing this, even though, you know, Johnny Ringo didn't, you know, didn't really do much for me in terms of the characterization. I thought there was tension there. And then I like how the tension broke by Doc spinning the little cup and kind of making it a comedy skit. I love that scene. Which then even ratchets up the tension even more because you know these cowboys don't like being played or made fun of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought like – but those are really the only two moments. The moment that you're talking about, the river, which should be the most tension-filled moment – because this is when, you know, the heroes have their backs against the wall. They're pinned down. They're surrounded by all sides. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to slow jaunt trudge through this river. And these guys are going to turn into stormtroopers and miss wildly. Right. And then even going back to like the poker scene where that whole, uh, you know, one spin in the guns, you know, uh, one spin in the the, the cup where um, Wyatt Earp has like slowly holding the gun underneath the table. He completely yeah. wrote off like using guns or whatever for like the whole first half of the movie, and all of a sudden he's like ready to shoot someone. So I was like, uh, like I like I knew I knew it was coming. It was just he built it up that like I thought like it was gonna be I'm not gonna use a gun for like the entire movie. Yeah, like, a, and then uh, I'm gonna finally use it in a big big way because I'm finally like breaking from all the restraints that I've sort of put myself. Does he shoot anybody before the gunfight no, at the OK Corral? No, he I doesn't. Feel like but I mean, like he grabs a gun, to. like at least underneath the table, like he's ready to kill someone. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, because he says like I don't carry a gun anymore, and so you think you're gonna get like this sort of Batman esque like. Yeah. Well, because he like, says to it's not my way. Yeah. He says to Bill Paxton at one point, he's like, 
you know, a man lost his life and I'm the one that took it and I don't want anyone else to feel that way. And that's why I don't carry a gun um, to the point where I think you kind of get what you're looking for, Johnny, in that, yeah, he touches guns and that kind of that kind of breaks with the the payoff, so to speak, at the end. Like if he had never touched a gun and then the first time he touches a gun is the OK Corral scene. That would I think have been it would have, great. Yeah, I think that would have been a lot better and kind of more what you're looking for to the point at least that he doesn't technically shoot anybody until that moment. So it's still kind of the payoff to this. Like I I'm only doing this now because I have to it. I think it would have played a lot better. Had he not been like every other scene been like, what I got a gun. What? Oh, go right. But here. I mean like, but like even, yeah, but I mean, even sort of like bringing more weight to that. I mean, he even said beforehand was like, you don't like, you don't know what it's like to kill a man. Like, you know, like he did that whole little monologue to his brother or whatever, where he's talking about, you know, I, you don't know what it's like to actually kill a man. And then, like, the next scene later, he's holding a gun underneath the, underneath the poker table. So it was just kind of like it rushed into it too much. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess we could talk about that a little bit. What did you think of the overall standoff at the OK Corral? Like, what did you think of that that moment? Was it too over the top for you? Was it – were you kind of glad to see the the movie kind of kick off from there? Because that's the – the second half of this movie kicks off at that moment, and it's a so drastically about, like, different. Where they're kind of like off, off into the side, where it's like next to a building, and they're kind yeah. of like near like the cemetery or something like that. Yeah, it's um, when they're walking four in a row right, down the right, street, right. and the other guy's like, "Don't worry, I disarmed them," and they're like, "Get out of here, you idiot! We're gonna go, we're gonna go take care of this." And then they have the big, you know, shoot Thomas Hayden, kill Thomas Hayden Church, shoot that one guy in the head, like scare the horse with the shotgun. So the guy block, you know, hiding behind it is now exposed and then getting shot. Like, what did you think of that whole sequence? I suppose it was well done. I enjoyed a lot of the classic sort of close-ups of each individual person. So like they, they show the weight of each person that's involved of it. You know what I mean? They showed a close-up of Bill Paxton and they showed a close-up of, I think uh, Sam Elliott was in that, in, in that close-up. And then when it started going off, I was like, this is too bombastic. It was just too kinetic. Like, like at least, at least the editing wise, it was too kinetic. It didn't a lot of, when you watch a lot of these old Westerns, it's like suit, it's like wide shots. They don't really know what a close up shot really is. Like back then they just, they want to show the scope of everything that's going on. And here it was, it was like an action movie. It was like watching, you know, like die hard or something like that. It just, it, it lost its sort of weight and it's sort of, impact when you when it just it just all over the place and all of a sudden like two or three people on the are, are in the dirt mm-hmm. yeah to, to the point it kind of feels a little john wick and not enough john Correct. wayne yes <laughs> true true <laughs> yeah that's fair i still like because i i don't have the sort of the affection for the genre that you do johnny that so i'm just like i like when they they do this with their guns mm-hmm. and they do like i just i don't know like no yeah and i, I still and, I'm like now, and, i'm and easily I, snapped yeah. in like <laughs> into like an action scene like that very quickly like ooh. right 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 and i and, and i hope it, it, if anything and we'll maybe dig into this afterwards but that at least if you weren't too interested in westerns like old school westerns or anything like that that like i've been sort of compiling like a list of like good westerns to watch that you might give a little credence to some of them because it's it's those westerns where all of those big gun violent moments all the tension everything it's so so earned 
in these mm-hmm. other movies were. It's just the buildup and everything. It's all character development. And then like in the third act, like the guns come out. You know what I mean? Very seldom do the guns come out in the first first or second act. Um, it's but it's it, the tension is there. It's not like it's just like me, me yeah. and the me and the Danzel who will be in distress later on in a meadow, sort of talking about like I love you and I can't wait to get out of here and let's move yeah. to San Francisco and but it it moves at such a more mature, elegant, romanticized pace that once it kicks off, it's it it feels so it, you feel inside it. it. It's so much more impactful. We're here. It's like okay, we're we're making a western in the '90s for a '90s crowd, and we're going against Speed. We're going against Die Hard. We're going against mm-hmm. Rambo. We're going against all those other movies. We have to have bullets fly, like like every act, or this audience is not going to be engaged. And that's too bad because I I really feel that there is an audience that went into this, especially an older crowd that went into this. They're like, "Ooh, cool! There's a new western coming out, and oh my god, look look at this fucking cast!" You know what I mean? Especially maybe. I mean, again, I can't say that maybe like my grandfather would know like who any of these people are, but the fact that like, okay, cool, a western's coming out, and then like my grandfather would fucking hate this movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, like it just is not a western for him. It just it's not. Yeah. It's like, when it's, I kind almost, like it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like listening to like a nice, uh, like a nice country song or something. I mean, I'm not a big country fan, but like, if you consider like the sort of ebb and flow of a country song, you know what I mean? It just, that's how a, uh, like a, a Western should be and not to be so bombastic and crazy and action packed. And again, it's not, it's not too far away from, it, it, it's far away from, uh, Wild Wild West. But it's not too far away from Wild Wild West. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Wild, just, Wild West it's, is a it's a quick jump from this, which is probably why they made it, honestly. And right. because the the show Wild Wild West was more in turn in tune with what you're talking about in terms of old westerns, and then they brought it into the the '90s and and made it a, a blockbuster. Right, right. Um, but again, like I I loved a lot of the dialogue in this, and if we mm-hmm. can, uh, you know, I, when. Yeah. When uh, Val, uh, Val Kilmer uh, is coming out of the uh, the saloon, he's completely drunk, and the guy's like, you're fucking hammered, and he's like, you're seeing two, and he goes, I got two guns, one for, one for, <laughs> each. One for each of you. <laughs> I love that. That was a good line. Uh, and then, uh, you know, like, you know, I, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm bright as the male. There was another one that he said. <laughs> I love that line. Um, yeah. Val Kilmer had the best lines in this movie. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer uh, has the best lines. Val Kilmer steals every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. Right, right, um, right. I will say, though, my favorite non I do agree that Val Kilmer, for the most part, had all of the best lines. But my favorite that was non-Val Kilmer was right when they were doing the funerals after the OK Corral. Which, by the way, those cowboys had way too nice of caskets. I was expecting the pine okay, boxes. Okay, thank God you brought that up, uh, Adam, because I, I wrote that down. I'm like, fancy glass caskets? That's yeah. accurate, though, because they displayed really? them. Yeah, and then there's, there's a scene okay. later on where like a couple of wooden castles like get knocked yeah, over. Yeah, like, that's what I was expecting is those pine boxes of you know what you expect from a western. So I was actually very there, jarred by the yeah. There, there, there were some art direction inadequacies that I saw where like like that was jarring. I thought all the white wicker chairs were really jarring to me. I'm not sure if that's timely. If that like it makes is. sense, it is because it looked very like. 
it's jarring. Some of like it should be, I think, it should be in like Grey Gardens, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in some 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 millennial has like uh, sourced it at a savers to like put mm-hmm. into their studio and like right, right. No, but like Wicker Furniture was around. Mark Twain had it on his porch. Um, like it would have been available, although maybe not as yeah, like you know easily pot. sourceable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the caskets, yeah, which are, I was like, ooh, but they did. I found. I think there's pictures of like the actual guys online. Like you can see oh, okay. them in their glass caskets. Like, hmm. So. Yeah, I, I, I'd be interesting to know why there's glass caskets and why there's wooden caskets. Like wooden ones, I mean, obviously the people don't mm-hmm. matter. I'm sure whoever. Yeah, I'm sure uh, it's yeah. poor people versus people with some money. And yeah. you can assume the cowboys from all their, you know, yeah. the robbing and their and all their different endeavors probably had a lot of money, which is what I assumed in it. It was just right, right, right. When you're so used to the stereotype of the pine wood box, it just like it took me out for a second, especially because they've got rouge on and it's like. It was a whole thing, um, and I, but and the thing that threw me out too, because I've been watching a lot of these westerns, is that um, those wooden caskets are a big part of a lot of the movies where, you know, uh, you know, if there's an anticipation of someone dying, like mm-hmm. the marshal or someone in town will tell the person who's in charge of building caskets, like we need two or three more caskets, start building them. Yeah. And, like, even though even though, not, even, even though like, nothing has happened yet, like even though the shootout has not happened yet. They're telling them anticipation to start building because we're going to need them. Well, they do uh, that in Back to the Future 3 as well. I think he, he measures Marty for the casket. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, just needed to know what size casket. Yeah, so you, know, so you know it's a thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so but I thought going so back to for the... me that was a glaring sort of like, what the fuck? But uh, <laughs> I also enjoyed the uh, the uh, the line from Val Kilmer where – He's in like like deathly second bed, and his wife or whatever's on opium or whatever, and then uh, he, he says something to the effect of, "Then again, you may be the antichrist." Oh, like yeah. I, I, that was a great little line right there. Yeah. While she's going down on him. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, you're a good woman. You're a good woman, but you may also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just just to touch back because we got off track a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, favorite, sorry. My favorite uh, non-Val Kilmer line was at the funeral where they stop and he's like, "It's over." Like it's uh, you know, Kurt Russell's like, "It's done. We're done. I got your guys. You got mine." And Johnny Ringo's like, huh, "Smells like someone died." Oh and, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that that was brutal. I love and, that. Yeah. And even the uh, Curly Bill was like, "Dude, come on." Like. I will yeah, say- Curly Bill has a good line too, where he's like, "What is gonna happen when you're in charge? Yeah. What a mess!" <laughs> yeah, I mean the mo- the movie Mama. is the movie is flush and rich and a lot of great dialogue. Mm-hmm. I will say that it does have a lot of good pieces of dialogue, a lot of a lot of good exchanges, a lot of good hits. I did just see that the uh, the Billy Bob Thornton stuff was apparently ad libbed. That they just told Billy Bob Thornton to be a bully, or and so he started saying stuff, and then Kurt Russell just like went back at him. Oh, that's great. I also thought the uh, the gun that Wyatt Earp like like after like okay, I'm filing and start killing people like that fucking oh, the peacemaker, that he, the peacemaker. Oh my god, that gun was fucking sweet. Yeah, <laughs> he's got it in his special little the, carry the bar- case. The barrel is like fucking sixteen inches long. Yeah. He's got the little badge on it. No, that thing was that he means business with that thing. Oh, yeah. It's so sick. Um, but I will say, and I know you hated uh, the Josephine character, Bridget, but yeah. 
and I need to land on this because this is probably my favorite quote from the movie because it probably embodies everything I think about this movie. <laughs> she goes, and this is when Billy Zane and she's in that carriage. Oh, oh yeah. Billy Zane goes, she goes, I don't understand any of this. I just, <laughs> it, I, I just know it's ugly. You're all ugly. <laughs> he tried bringing something fine into your ugly world and you shot him for it. That's all you care about. That's the complete embodiment of this movie. It's like yeah. completely like, again, it, not everything is ugly, about this movie. I'm not saying that, but it's just like, it's like you try to do something with this movie, but you made it so about mo- dollar signs and making, uh, making sure that there's bullets running through this movie that you didn't sit to try to understand what a Western really is, which is, is just like, the romanticized vision of like the Western frontier of like being patient, being quiet with scenes. And it just, I, I loved, I, I, I literally had to pause it a couple of times cause I had like the, uh, the close caption on. Um, but I was like, I need to get this line in cause it makes so much sense for how I feel about this movie. Yeah. No, that's, that's actually pretty, that's a pretty apt description. Cause that is, yeah, that does kind of cover it. <laughs> Just while we're talking lines, I'll just run through like a couple that I wrote down, like my my greatest hits, if you will, what I would put on the the Val Kilmer mixtape. <laughs> um, when what's her name? She who will not be named uh, gets off the wagon and like Kurt Russell and her are, like having the eyes moment. This is, uh, well, an enchanted moment. And it's just the delivery <laughs> works really well. Like I, I that's the line that has stuck in my mind for a long time. At the game, like, when Wyatt tries to come up and he, like, puts his hand on his shoulder, like, okay, I think you need to stop. And he says, I will not be pawed at, thank you very much. (laughs) And the hand slowly moves away. And you're a daisy if you do. I'm going to have to start bringing that into my regular life. Mm. Just so good. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good lines in this movie, but it's, it's... It's for it's buried. It's mm-hmm. like mining for silver and gold. It is. Yeah. It There's is. veins is. there, but you know you gotta sift through some some and, lesser and, stuff to get. And to that's it. like, and again, I know the movie's so busy, but like, I would love to have seen more of like when I get into that world, I want to understand like how it works. I want to understand like the sort of like economy of why how people are living in that in that town per se. Do you say there's silver? There's mm-hmm. mining. Let's get like some B-roll. Let's get some like people in a river sifting for gold let's get people in the mines let's get like it they could have done it easily they could have just like snuck in a couple of shots where it was just people doing that and it would have just made the the world feel more alive if you will you know what i mean opposed to just these brothers showing up and all of a sudden like the town is alive because these these guys show up i mean they basically made it that way because when they showed up that one oriental uh place was like dead and yeah. he just sort of walks in and is like, uh, that guy's fucking gone, and you're giving me 25% of everything you fucking take in. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost seems Westworld in that it, the town doesn't exist, nothing really happens until the, <laughs> until the people get there. <laughs> the and, then it's a bustling, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it's a bustling thing. All the hosts are just standing there. Uh, I feel like, to your point about kind of showing some of maybe the mining, and I know that the movie leans more into the the gambling and the like the brotheling of their side of the business. 
Um, but I feel like when you were doing that that backstory and that narration at the beginning, rather than showing this weird, you know, footage of the West in this small box, you right. could have been panning through the town and showing people living their life, showing people mining, showing that this town of Tombstone, Arizona is on the up and up because there's silver, because there's gold, because there's money to be made, because these wars have have ended and everything is kind of people are starting to settle a little bit. And then you could maybe pan out from that and show them the brothers and their wives rolling into town. And you could have made the the world feel alive while also doing narration about who we're about to see come rolling through. Right. And it, I mean, maybe not even like showing like the, the mining part of it, maybe showing the exchange of bringing what's ored out in sort of like exchange at a general store or something <laughs> like that, where it's, you see this sort of, you know, like everything that's going on, the, the inner workings of uh, of the town, mm-hmm. um, which I think Deadwood did like incredibly well. Yeah, Deadwood um, is about the community and like just the ecosystem. And, you know, I think what happens when you pick like an actual real historical figure is like you can't, it's harder to, to widen that focus. Or I think if you go in with the intent of I'm going to tell the story of this person or this specific event, it's harder. You don't get to widen that focus. Right. And it's, you know, it's like you put, it's like this movie is wearing, trying to wear a Western skin, but it doesn't, it doesn't fit right. Exactly. Right. It just, it has a little bit too much of a sheen to it, even though there is some sort of grit to it. Um, it is very, it's, it's a tentpole movie is what it feels like. I think it's actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I do mean, we want to, Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we, we talked about kind of the gunfight at the okay corral. And I think that, uh, you know, that changes the movie and the rest of it is mostly those montages of them, you know, taking their revenge and becoming lawmen and marshals and stuff like that. Um, which, I mean, Johnny, you've already kind of touched on your thoughts on all of that violence. I think what you think about the OK Corral carries through the rest of those, I assume, where it's it's still too bombastic. It's a little too much in right. terms of the, I think it's two or three montages of them killing cowboys. Do yeah. we want to kind of jump to to the ending a little bit and to kind of talk about the ending and then the Return of the King endings after <laughs> the ending? How did you feel? I know we touched on it a little bit, Johnny, but what did you think of the final confrontation and the the old switcheroo they pulled on us? Yeah, I I thought it was like too little, too late. I just I I didn't think it was earned. Again, I I enjoyed the whole character development or with Val Kilmer sort of dying of like tuberculosis, like towards the end or whatever. I don't know. I I I kind of like gave up. Like, yeah. Towards like once the river confrontation happened, I was like, Ugh. yeah, that's kind of a killer. It just it, it, it so. killed me so much. It just uh, I don't know what it was like. Even if like they made the the confrontation of the river a little more realistic, just a little bit more, I would be that more invested. But the fact that he sort of like walked out of the woods and started walking through the river and like no one like everyone missed him. And yeah. I'm not trying to like be like because again that happens in other Western movies or whatever, but. If you're going to set this up to be, you know, as bombastic and crazy and violent, like someone's going to hit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Even just a nick on the shoulder, you know? Right, right, right. 
Or um, you you make the lead up into him like making the decision to walk in last longer. Because I think like the scene like just prior to it, you have like a montage of like killing this guy, killing this guy. This guy thinks he's smoking a pipe, but it's a gun. This is, we're getting this guy. We're getting this guy. And then it's like you they've they're at the river, and he's just like I'm going to get him. Like there's right. the the pacing is odd. And, sp- and speaking of a guy thinking it's a gun, the guy that thinks he was smoking an opium pipe and gets shot in the head. <laughs> yeah, that, that was like, I couldn't, I like, I maybe I watched this movie on TV, which is why I didn't remember that, because I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a visual that would stick with you if you were nine. Um, <laughs> it's just so, there's so, there's too much silliness to this movie. <laughs> it just is too much silliness. Yeah, I don't think, this movie the knows movie, if it's serious or silly. Too. Yeah, the, the there's movie, some tone the, issues. Yeah, the movie works in its moments, but if you watch it as a whole, it's like oh, I just you wanted to move in so many other directions. You wanted to, you want part parts to be taken out. I mean, it just yeah, it's like it's like it's like when you're making a stew or a soup and you, like you have all these spices and everything in your fridge, and it's like this would be good, that would be good. Da, 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 da. It's like stop, like it just like, <laughs> it just, just needs salt. Just, just needs salt. That's it. I, again, I, I I don't think. <laughs> I just love. I, how I feel much like, you I feel like I'm completely up. shitting on this movie, and I enjoyed it. But I will say, like, it set me off on a mood right from the beginning. Again, when I saw the guys, yeah, uh, chaps you're, with you're the, having with... a bit of a you're having a bit of a Santa Claus reaction to it. Like you right. were you were you were triggered early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it, it it set the mood for me that like okay, I know because e- even from the beginning, like a lot of the you know, and I'll, I keep talking about like westerns that I saw like like in the past couple of weeks, and I I saw those before, so we're not like talking about like I'm new to these, you know, my yeah. talk, but it a lot of like good westerns start out very slowly. It's just like it's an open wide shot. You you see the the hero shot. You see the hero. You see him maybe going into town, meeting people like the things are getting a little more uh, climatic and then something happens here. It's like, it's like it's 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 not really at the core what a Western is. I, I, I don't know. I maybe dude, you asked for spaghetti with marinara and you got egg noodles with ketchup. Yeah, with like Alfredo <laughs> sauce. I mean, let's just like, call it what it is. And you know, sometimes you Velveeta want egg noodles too. with ketchup, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But not. I I, I will it's, say I. It's not listen, spaghetti with marinara. Yeah, I, I I will say I think before going into this, I was thinking is it going to be very like, you know, like I said, M- I said MTV, which is like mm. you know giving mm-hmm. it sort of like a very glean sort of like. We're looking for action and no substance. There, there is substance here. There's, there's good character development with some of them. There's great dialogue. There's good acting. Um, it just, it's so congested. I think yeah. is what it is. It's just, it's so. There's just too much, and I think it could have, it, it could have worked a lot better with two or three characters not being in it. Two, one or two white brothers not being in it, you know, two or three townsfolks not meddling their business and yeah. what was happening, but everything around it. I thought the town looked great. I thought it looked good. 
saloon again i i'm a sucker for that type of stuff i love the sort of like the player piano and the the whiskey and you know the you know all of that stuff the 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 uh the the bewildered bartender who absolutely is completely shocked by like every moment that happens to him it's like come on like you haven't been slapped before it's like Mm -hmm. it's it works well in its in its details and it's in its moments but as a whole it's 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 confusing and bombastic and it's it's all over the place. Well, I mean, you know, being not gonna win them all. Um, You're not. It seems like we're we're still on the search for that one that one holy grail for you, Johnny, uh, where you come out uh, kind of at the end. I mean, I feel like we've touched on pretty much everything. Um, did you guys have any other things that you wanna you wanna go over quickly before we wrap it up? No, my notes stop. My notes stop <laughs> after the rain scene and like. It's just like rain scene. I hate Josephine, and then I just like I was like I I the high points of this movie I'll remember and yeah I can't oh, yeah. <laughs> mine yeah, for that was showgirl it. romance frowny face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the la- the last note that I have is at the river uh, when Doc Holliday shoots uh, Stephen Lang in the head, and he still like struggles to like get a hold of him. I was like, I am so over this movie at this point. I think. He yeah. shot him in the fucking head. You're in the river. I'm sorry. You're dead. You, you don't have a struggle in the game anymore. <laughs> Did you not notice that? No, no. Cause you know, cause Steven uh, Lang makes it through the whole movie. So then who you, okay. So doc holiday shoots someone in the head. Oh, you're talking the about river. the very final, the confrontation. Where oh, he, shoots, Johnny Ringo. Yeah. When he shoots Johnny Ringo. When we think it's going to be the confrontation between Kurt Russell and, and Johnny Ringo. Yeah. He shoots him. And I think that was more, I don't think that was like him surviving. I think that was more just like the brain dying and the legs twitching as he kind of stumbles forward less so than I'm still might attack you. Uh, but yeah, that did. That I, yeah, I think we're in walking dead territory and, yeah. he, and, and, and on the, uh, the, the talk of walking dead, I, I noticed that one cat was it from the walking dead. I forget what his name was, but Michael he's Rucker. Too. what was yeah. the name? Michael Rooker. He's yeah, the, Michael um, Rooker. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's the one that gets killed uh, when they're at uh, Charlton Heston's farm, which yeah. is another celebrity that yes, that's right. That shows yeah. up just to jam one more in there for you, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Dude, we're getting uh, the band back together. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. The the cast is great. It's it, it's a great cast. It just it's just too little for for anyone for to, people do, to so. do. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, are you are you glad you at least watched it, Johnny? Uh, oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay. I it's 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 nothing I think I'll ever revisit again. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I'm glad to sort of see what Hollywood was trying to do uh, at that time period. Again, I think for someone like like uh, Clint Eastwood, like with Unforgiven, they are giving him unparamount, you know, creative access to whatever he wants to do. Yeah, with something like this, with, with something like this, this is very, this felt like very studio involved with what needs to be in the movie to sort of succeed. Um, so it's again, it it worked in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. It worked. It didn't work in a lot of cases too. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad to have watched it. Okay. Well, I mean, that's all we can really take away is that there's some things that you enjoy. Um, even if there are a lot of things that you don't. So uh, I'm glad we showed it to you, Johnny. I'm glad that we all at least had some level of fun with it. 
um, and could come away with at least some positives. It seems like Val Kilmer being the standout <laughs> above Kilmer, yes. above all other things. So uh, that'll that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Um, so let us know what you thought of the movie Tombstone. What are some of your favorite Westerns? Uh, did you see the Kevin Costner Wyatt Earp movie that came out six months after this? Did you think it was better? Did you think it was worse? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. <laughs> and I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening. Thank you.